What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. My name is Terry Lynch. I'm with Oregon Ecology. Um, I found myself searching for a passageway one day. And that passageway goes right across the complete section of the Cascades, which I'm sitting in front of at the moment. On top of one peak. I want to make sure that everybody sees the type of things that we find in the process of research and development. I have located a couple that's sitting here on the top of Lionel Peak. She's facing south. She's facing north. The middle, Cascadia Guides, a Let's production in conjunction with Alien Strand Films. that have come to us from all kinds of sources. 
Of this great mass of report, we have been able adequately to explain the great bulk of them, explain them to our own satisfaction. listening to Alien Strand Podcast with Donald Ledesma. For the dopest paranormal documentaries this side of the Milky Way, visit DocSideMedia.com for links to all our films on major streaming platforms. Till next time, keep on keeping on. Hi everybody, and welcome to another episode of Alien Strand Podcast. I'm your host, Donald Ledesma, and welcome to today's show. You know, we took some little time off, you know, but only because we were out shooting that documentary. So we went out there about a few months ago. We ended up traveling over 4,000 miles to the western sides of the United States. Uh, the only reason is because we had people in New Mexico, we had people in Arizona, uh, and our main focus was Terry Lynch in Oregon. So, you know, we, uh, it was supposed to be eight days, <laughs> but it ended up turning into 11. Only reason, because we had so much footage, and believe it or not, almost every single day, we had rain. It just, it wouldn't stop. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but anyway, we got all that taken care of, and we are now in the editing stage. So get ready for that documentary that's going to be coming from Alien Strand Films and Leds Productions. So if you don't know that, that's that's my other company, Leds Productions. And what we do is we do uh, uh, video productions and, and everything like that that has anything to do with videography or cinematography. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to today's show it's been a couple of months and you know we took a little time off a little break but it's okay you know we're here to give you the information you know uh, you can catch us on tumblr twitter youtube instagram and all over the place you know uh we our alienstrand.com is down right now the only reason is because we are re Vamping out that whole webpage. So we're going to do a whole new webpage there on alienstrand.com, okay? So please be patient. We'll get that going pretty soon. Also, we do have a group. It's a private group called Alien Strand uh, Disclosure Project, all right? That's another website that we're going to be getting up going pretty soon. And this is going to be for mostly ufologists, anybody that's that wants to be in ufology. Uh, you know, this is the page to go to, you know, and, and it's going to be a webpage so you can go to, so you can kind of learn, right? Because that's what Alien Strand is about, is about learning and about getting the information out, you know, as much as we can to the general public even are all over the world my god they're listening to alien strand all over the world now 
and we're getting out everywhere. You can catch us on Spotify, our heart radio, uh, you know, uh, Google, you can get us on Alexa. You can get us on any major platform, Castbox, anything that you have, um, a Deezer, anything that you have Podbean as well. Uh, you, any kind of podcast platforms, you will just type in alien strand and you'll find us there. And you know, it's, it's, we try to get out to as many people as possible and, and give out uh, stories about, you know, uh, alien abductions, encounters and everything that happens uh, on a daily basis and things of the past. So that's what we do here at alien strand. But if you are new to uh, alien strand or, or ufology, well, welcome and everybody else welcomes you to ufology too. So you know, we, we have uh, the Oregon Ufology uh, Research Group also out there. You know, if, you ha- if you're interested in that, go check that out. You know, this documentary is going to be amazing. It's going to be uh, something to see and, and, and uh, something to experience from all these people that are going to be involved in this film. So, and you get to see their footage and, and everything like that, you know, that, that you don't see on a, on a daily basis. Um, this is not going to be, you know, you're not going to be seeing CGI. This is going to be their actual footage that they have caught, they have analyzed, and it's going to be all tied in together. But y'all be ready for that. Uh, we'll be throwing out the commercials on that. Go to our YouTube uh, on Alien Strand, type in that, and you'll see the the the. the the promo we have for that we'll be throwing out the new one as soon as the editing is done but if you had a chance to catch up to all our past podcasts you know we, we had uh, let's see we had number 78 um, with our past get, uh, guest they had a, a documentary called secrets of the sasquatch right and this was with terry transu and chris rupert so these guys, you know, they just sent me another one. I haven't had a chance to, to see it, but I'm going to check that out. Uh, and it has a lot to do with aliens. So I'm going to check out that new documentary they have. And as soon as I, uh, I I get to preview that, I will share it with all of you. And also, you know, we, we had number, uh, let's see, number 77. And don't forget that one because that was really, really important. That was the one before that one. That was with interview uh, with Mr. Terry Lynch. That was going to be very important because it kind of introduced you to him and what he's about and what this film is about also we had number 79 if you had a chance check out that podcast that's with uh, mr guest uh, anibal caballero and we talk we talk about abductions and what people go through and you know the the general information that that you need to uh to get this information out to to everybody as far as like abductions this is a serious serious discussion that we have about abductees and about things that happen to people even with implants check that out that's also on our youtube page you can check out the actual interview there it's actual a video there as well as the audio i don't think the audio came out too well but it's okay you can still check out the video that's a really really important podcast so you know, uh, I always had an interest in, you know, uh, things that happened in the past, because I, I, I think that a lot of their stories, you know, uh, helps us put these big pieces of puzzles together that we always try to do every day on a daily basis, right? As far as like trying to figure out what's going on uh, with ufology or everything that we see in the skies. You know, we've been having a lot more activity. I think this year's the most activity I've ever seen, um, you know, ever 
really in reality. But it's just like a friend of mine, when me and Chris uh, were talking and, and Tyler, you know, they said, well, you know what, now we have more cameras. Now we have more people with, with uh, miniature computers in your hands, you know, with these cameras. Uh, you're, now there's people everywhere. So you'd be able to, to catch these uh, images where it, what they didn't used to do in the past, right? So that's why I decided to get into the stories of the past. And today, you know, uh, I call this one 1952. It's because there was a lot of things that happened in 1952, right? And it's it was just one of those things that, that's very important that I believe that everyone should know about as far as ufology these stories the things that came across folks that didn't understand what they were seeing on a daily basis or when they were seeing them right so there's a lot of there's there was a lot of uh, things that happened in 1952 And then back then, you know, we were still, we had just finished up with the war. You know, there were still this these trust issues that people were having with each other. A lot of top secret things were happening uh, behind closed doors that the governments in any country did not want out to the general public, right? So, and that's, that's where a lot of these stories got buried. And there's this one story that happened in 1952. And it's revealed like one of the very top secret files of the time. And it was later released by the CIA. And they say it was like a bizarre incident. But they had to choose to just keep it in a hush-hush manner, right? So there was a German official, his name was Linky. And he was in the Soviet zone at the time of occupied Germany. And he fled to the American zone later, right? Along with his wife and six children. And the only reason he fled and he he left very quickly and there was a reason for it. He was worried that the Soviet secret police would come and arrest him after he had stumbled across a secret Soviet weapon, right? So he was in fear of his family, you know, of them getting hurt or getting arrested. Back then, there was there was just a lot of bad uh, haste decisions made on, on a lot of folks that, that saw things like this. In other words, a lot of them were executed, you know, and, and this is what happened back then. You know, there was they didn't think about anything like that. They just wanted everything hushed. So he was afraid for his whole family. So instead, he just decided to get out, right, as fast as he could with his family. And he was hoping that the Americans would help him. You know, if he gave him this information... And, and they allowed him to stay, you know, in Germany, perhaps, you know, giving him a reward of some sort, if he gave him some kind of information. So this is his story. So according to uh, Linky's daughter, she was 11 at the time. Her name's Gabriella. 
had been riding home on her motorbike. You know, they were going through the forest of Hasselbrot when one of their tires burst, right? So she was with her dad at the time. As they walked along, they were, they were pushing this bike, this motorbike, because they had a flat tire. Gabriella, she looked up and she saw something in the clearing. She pointed it out to her father. At first, she, st- she thought that it was possibly a deer crossing along the, the long grass that was up there at the time. Then they decided it probably wasn't. It was, remember, this was at a distance. So, they were just kind of enjoying the day while they were, you know, they had a flat tire, but they were still pushing this motorbike along the side of the road, kind of enjoying the scenery out there. So at this time, her father, they said, you know what? Let's just get off the road, pull off to the grass, wait here. I'm going to go walk down there and investigate. Just take a look and see what you just saw. So as he was walking down that road, down the, the field, he just started walking closer and closer to where this object was, where she was seeing, right? And it's it was just one of those things that, you know, he thought, well, maybe she saw a deer. Maybe she saw some animals. You know, I just want to make sure that we're safe. So, as he was walking, he came close, about 100 feet. From this object, right? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then he realized, wait a minute. There was two men standing outside this object. He said they were dressed in in a silver-colored overalls of some sort. Who were bent over, and they were looking for something on the ground. So they didn't see him. He, He was behind them at the time. He said one of the men had a light attached to his belt around his waist.
he walked on until he was about 25 feet from them. He then saw in a position where he couldn't see from the road because he was now closer. He said it was a large circular object resting on the ground. At the time, he estimated that it was possibly about 50 feet across. He said they looked like two frying pans on from rim to rim without handles. He says on the very top of the object, there was a cylindrical tower about 10 feet tall. Around the rim of the object, it was kind of dullish yellow, he says. There were about, the lights were about a foot in diameter, so there was lights around the base of this. He says they were spaced about maybe two feet apart. So this is how close he was. 25 feet is super close. He's getting a really, really good look at this craft that's sitting on the ground. So he finally, he just, he, he stopped and he, and he looked there and he started realizing what he was looking at. At this time, his daughter called his name out asking what was wrong. So she yelled out. So these men that were standing there slumped over heard this girl's voice. And the two men looked up and saw him staring at them at that close range. He says, then they quickly jumped into an opening on the tower and disappeared from view, he says. The lights on the object grew brighter and turned green, he says, and then there was a loud hum sound. And that hum grew louder and louder. He said the object began to rise. He said then it started reaching above a height above the trees. He said now the hum became a whistle sound. And the pitch grew higher and higher with a lot of intensity. He says until it was almost unbearable. So it was hurting his ears. He said then the object took off with amazing speed. And it flew north. He said this object left behind a hole in the ground. Which was clearly and freshly dug.
so at this time he looked around and in his mind he thought that he stumbled upon a military secret so this is why he fled west He was frightened. Then he mentioned it to CIA. Who promised that this military secret would be a great importance only to be given a UFO report. Nicky and his family were allowed to stay in the American zone. His report kind of got buried in the files. With his encounter with these two humanoid-looking men and this saucer that he saw in 1952. No, these are events that happened to folks back then when there was no cell phones and anything, any kind of technology in that sense. There were telephones but not like they are today. And the, the way that people saw these crafts back then didn't understand what they were seeing. Everything had to have been a secret military weapon of some sort. When in fact, what he stumbled upon and his daughter was possibly a UFO with two extraterrestrials. Now, we've heard of extraterrestrials being the gray type. We heard of extraterrestrials being humanoid looking. Blonde hair, tall. You know, these are the way people explained what they saw. They had no other way of doing it other than drawing pictures. But the activity didn't die just there. You know, it even happened here in Washington. 1952, July 19th through the 20th. Where there's a famous photo of these crafts in the sky flying over Washington. It happened about 11.40 p.m. that night, Saturday, July 19th, 1952. Edward Nugent, he was an air traffic controller at the time. 
at the uh, Ronald, it's now called the Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport. And he spotted seven objects on radar. The objects were located about 15 miles south, southwest of the city. No known aircraft was in the area at the time. So Nugent's supervisor, his name was Harry Barnes. He said, we knew immediately that there was a very strange situation existed. He says the movements were completely radical compared to ordinary aircraft, right? They even went back to check the radar to see if if it was malfunctioning. They found that it was working normally. So they also reported it to other controllers in the area. They said they were catching blimps on their radars as well, right? So it wasn't just seen by them, it was starting to, it was seen by others. So one of the other uh, controllers, Howard Cochran and Joe Zacco, said they had unidentified blimps on their radar screen and they saw a hovering bright light in the sky, which departed with incredible speed, they said. So they actually had a visual on this. Hawkins said to Zeko, he said, did you see that? What the hell was that? At that point, those objects appeared like they were uh, in sectors. And they were starting to come out on the radar scope. In other words, like they were a squadron of maybe whatever these things were. He says, then they moved over to the White House of the United States Capitol. That's when they called Andrews Air Force Base, right? To report this. So Andrews Air Force Base at the time was saying that they had no unusual objects on their radar. So, but there was other people there. There was an airman named Willie Brandy who was in the tower. He says, I saw an object, which to be an orange ball of fire, he says. And it had a a trailing tail. It was like, he said, it was like anything I've ever seen before. Bradley, he said, I tried to alert other personnel in the tower. 
He says, then this object took off with unbelievable speed. After spotting this, they thought and they believed that it was a meteor at the time. And then he said he was he was told that the tower's radar had detected unknown objects closing in a position and the pyramid observed six objects. He said they were all white, tailless, fast-moving lights over a 14-minute period, he said. Pyramid was on a radio contact with Barnes at the time of his sighting. So they kept on seeing these lights just kind of streak off and streak back in. Didn't understand what they were seeing at the time. And of course, you have people out there that were shooting these photos. And I believe there's a video of it as well. So this is the same year, in 1952, where these things happened, right? Unexplainable to anyone at the time. You know, the radar telling these things are coming in, they're coming out, they're, they're leaving with incredible speeds. They pretty much calculated the speeds were moving up to 7,000 miles per hour. They even sent, the Air Force sent an F-94 Starfire jet fighters to the base. And they went towards those radar blimps, but they saw nothing despite repeated attempts, right? But his wingman, Lieutenant William Patterson, he said, I saw four white glows and chased them. He told investigators, I tried to make contact with the bogies below 1,000 feet. And that was my maximum speed. But I ceased chasing them because I saw no chance of overtaking them. This is what he told them and reported it to Project Blue Book at the time. You know, it's even that night, there was another lieutenant uh, received a call from the Washington National Weather Station. They told him that there was a slight temperature inversion that was present over the city. But Helcom felt that the inversion was not nearly strong enough to explain the good solid returns that were coming back on the radar scopes, right? 
Because now, if you look at our technology today on our radars, a lot of times when there is a, um, let's just say a, a wind turbine factory so or a wind turbine area that's stationed somewhere, a lot of the weather radars will pick up what looks like rain in this general area. And it'll look green on radar. But in fact, it's just the electronic magnetic fields from those turbines spinning all of them at the same time, giving off this signature on radar. So this is why in 1952 that they saw this electronic magnetic field popping in and popping out, but this had a more of a solid look, like a blip, like there was something there, a craft in the sky. They could see it zigzagging in the sky as well as on radar. These things are just unexplainable at the time. So everything was made in a report. Then it was tucked away on a file until later now, which we know today of exactly what happened. 1952, nobody can explain exactly what they saw or what they witnessed. And these are the stories that I try to tell you here with Alien Strand. Because in 1952, their minds were innocent, didn't know anything about UFOs or... It was around, yes. The concept was around, yes. But they didn't have television and computers in their hands to see these things on an everyday basis. And so that way their minds can wrap around it. This is why the ufology community is starting to grow more and more and more every day. Because of the content and the information that is put out on a daily basis. And it should be that way. Because we're all trying to figure out this piece of the puzzle. And we're all just trying to put it together. Because we all want to know exactly what these things are. You know, you may or we may not even know ever till one of these crafts land and actually communicate and actually show themselves to the world. And maybe at this time, we will be able to understand what is real, what is not, and what their agenda is as far as that certain type of extraterrestrial. We know there's many. These are the things that we have to search for. So that's why we're sitting here listening to Alien Strap Podcast. We're going to all these groups trying to find out what's real and what's not. Is there CGI out there? Yeah, there is. But more and more of these crafts are coming out, you know, less CGI-ish. You got to remember that. Most crafts that you see that are going to be real are going to have, they're going to be seamless. In other words, you're not going to see rivets. You're not going to see, they're going to have that metallic, faded metallic look to them. Most of them. 
they're going to have that saucer shape. And they're not going to look like anything out of Star Wars or, or anything like that. So a lot of people always seem to think that when they see these extravagant looking crafts in the skies that, you know, look unreal, it's because it is not real. It's hard to catch these things on film. We try to do this every day. And this is what this documentary, The Middle, is going to be about is trying to catch these things on film when you think you're seeing a bird or a bug. And really, in reality, it's not. So I hope you continue on searching for the actors as much as we are here at Alien Strand. You know, and and thank you guys for just sticking around and waiting, you know. It's been a couple of months. Yeah. We took a little break. But I think it's well worth it now. So please keep your eyes in the skies. Keep your phones ready. Make sure you have your stabilization on your phone or on your professional camera on. Make sure your windows are rolled down. Pull over where it's safe if you see an extra uh, a UFO, extraterrestrial, or anything of the unknown, even Sasquatch. Always be safe out there. But if you can, get the footage, document as much as you can, and also report it. There's a lot of uh, UFO reporting organizations out there, not just one. There's many out there. Search for one, report it, because that is the best thing you can do when you see one. Because it gives us more documentation. But I'm glad that you guys stuck around today and listen to a couple of these stories I really really enjoy them I, I enjoy the heck out of these older stories they're so intriguing to me you know because the people are so innocent you know uh, about these things that they see in the sky but if you can catch us on 24 25 platforms iHeartRadio, YouTube Instagram Alien Strand Podcast is all over all over the place Uh, you know share it tell a friend about it I hope you really enjoy these stories you know they're they're, I think they're very important every story is important here at Alien Strand Podcast but until then I'm glad that you guys just stuck around man really really be looking out for the middle it's be coming out pretty soon probably in a month or so Uh, look at all your streaming platforms uh, and, and just look for it it's called The Middle but until then you guys Have yourselves a good day. Have yourselves a good evening. And have yourselves a good night.
Natives Coastal Band in Corpus Christi, Texas. And you're listening to the Alien Strand Podcast with Donald Ledesma. Buying or selling, visit me at kellygreenrealtor.com or visit me on my Facebook page, Kelly Green Realtor. See you there. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.